Welcome to The Dreaming. I'm Joe Fulgham. I'm Sasha Smulders. This is The Sandman, Issue 26, Season of Mists, Chapter 5. In which a banquet is held, and of what comes after, concerning diplomacy and bedrooms, blackmail and threats, and an unusual recipe for sausages. Delicious recipe for sausages. I I don't know. I don't know. You like long pig? I've never tried it, so I'm not going to put it down. Yeah. So let's take a look at the cover. Mm-hmm. It's a nice one. It's photography, collage, shell, cogs, and Macintosh. There's been some photoshopping going on. And if you note, at the top of the key, there's a, there's a fish. Oh. And it wasn't noted as a piece, as part of the piece, but there's definitely a fish there. Yeah, a little fishy. Yeah. Not entirely certain of the symbolism. Yeah. I mean, that's the key to hell. It's definitely the same shape as the key to hell. Yeah. And then I guess the, the shell is kind of just that spiral, right? Like it's like a Fibonacci sequence. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the spiral in the middle is the same. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's weird. We'll take input on the Facebook post for this. If anybody's got any ideas on what's going on with this art. I mean, there's some classical art in the background, right? What looks like a Greek statue down in the bottom right, the face of one. At the top of the middle spiral, the little thing um, with the piece that sticks out to Mm -hmm. the side, it looks like uh, like a little little bird face. Oh, I see at the top with the... Oh, yeah, that one cog sticking out. Yeah. Or a one-winged bat. I guess. I think it looks more like a bird, and there's (laughs) birds in this story, so... Sure. I am... Man, I'm confused by this one. I Mm. like it, but I'm confused by it. Mm. Well, let's head inside. To the dreaming. Another shot of a house. Yeah, yeah. Dream's castle, off Mm -hmm. in the distance, across a lake. Two figures approach. Mm -hmm. And it's Cluricon. Cluricon, a fairy, is actually new to DC Comics, so this is his first appearance. He's not a character that's appeared before, but he is based on a legendary fairy. Mm -hmm. The Cluricon, and it's actually spelled C-L-U-R-I-C-H-A-U-N, so like kind of like leprechaun, Mm -hmm. is a diminutive old man fairy of Ireland, thought to be a darker version of the leprechaun, or in some tales, he's actually, when the leprechaun's done work for the day, he at night he goes and gets drunk. Okay. So basically, it's the darker leprechaun. The after hours leprechaun. Uh, yeah. Uh, some of the fables about him have him being kind of the doom of the wine cellar. He's always drunk, and so he mm-hmm. wants to drink everything. While others claim, much like other fairies, that if you treat him well, he will actually protect your wine cellar. Oh. Yeah. That's why you, you leave one drunk in your wine cellar, and yeah. he'll defend it from the other drunks. That's right. Cluricon. And so here, uh, Cluricon is just one of the fairy. And I guess some of his stories got turned into this wee man. Mm. I think his uh, his designer, he gets the same cloaks as Dream. Well, he knows to dress for where he's going. He's an experienced diplomat. <laughs> when, when in Rome, my Lord Shaper, <laughs> and when in the Dreaming... Yeah, for sure. That's, I think that's uh, an example of the fairy being very good at outward appearances. Yeah, because he's just wearing a mini version of of what Dream's cloak usually looks like. Yeah, with the fire on the bottom. Mm-hmm. Love it. Yeah, it's like uh, it's like showing up to Rome wearing a toga. Mm-hmm. Hey, I'm here. Hmm. 
Look how well I fit in. What good friends we will be. We should totally get along and do things that help each other. <laughs> Hi, I'm a diplomat. And he brings his sister along. Mm-hmm. Nuala is also new. Mentions Oberon and Titania, who we've seen before. Sovereign lady and lord. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, in the banquet hall, a familiar scene is happening, <laughs> wherein uh, an oblivious <laughs> drunk dude hits on a woman who doesn't want it. Yeah. And it's hilarious. I I watched you chortle during this line while you read it for the first time. Do you want to play with my hammer? Hey, Miss Pussyhead, it's called Mjolnir. If I rub it, it gets bigger. It's true. (sighs) (laughs) Uh, And you'll know behind him, it looks like just somebody who's half asleep wearing pajamas Mm -hmm. as the server. Mm -hmm. Serving ale. So mm-hmm. she's really put off, but also what she's eating is just a mouse or a rat with an apple in its mouth. Yeah, she's got cat food. Mm-hmm. And he has a mighty plate of meat and food that he can just throw around. I think it's just like a chicken, yeah. Mm-hmm. Everybody gets what they want. Mm-hmm. And Odin has a bone in front of him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know what that means. I don't know if that, he, that means that he's done or if all he wanted was a bone to crack open and get at the marrow. Oh, maybe. And he, well, he also has a, a goblet in his hands. Yeah, he does mention that the wines are good. So that's all he wanted was a bone and some wine. Loki doesn't want to eat or drink because he's, uh, he's not in the habit of it anymore and he doesn't right. want to get drunk. Yeah. Our little chaos <laughs> princess, person. Princess, princess Jemmery. Princess Jemmy of the Shivering Brigade. She's got ice cream and cookies and she wants more. Yeah. Now, who is the, what's the guy's name again who's telling Bast to ignore uh, Thor? I'm pretty sure that's Bess, the Egyptian household god that we saw before. He's Mm -hmm. very short, kind of dwarf-like. Yeah. I think that's who that is. Okay. Mm -hmm. It's been a while since we've seen these characters. Sure. So Thor is the god of thunder. In the Norse mythos, uh, Bast is the cat goddess of the Egyptian mythos, and Bess is an Egyptian household god mm-hmm. of basically goodness and protection. He's he's a pretty good guy, mm-hmm. but but a household god meaning he he wasn't one that was in big giant shrines or anything like that. He was no. more worshipped by the common people mm. that they would think he would keep their households safe. And then we have Odin the Allfather. Odin the Allfather of the Norse mythos. Yeah, that's Thor's father. And Loki is his adopted son, cousin. It depends on which way you read it. Loki is actually the son of a frost giant and uh, was taken by by Odin and made one of his uh, his heirs, basically, even though Thor is the most beloved. And uh, Loki's a big trickster. And Princess Jemmy is Princess Jemmy of the Shivering Brigade is the representative of the Lords of Chaos. Yeah. And all these different groups of gods and supernatural creatures want hell. They want the key to hell, which Dream has. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, in the entryway to Dream's big castle, mm-hmm. the fairies have a proposition for Dream. Yeah. Clerkhan points out that while everybody here wants you to give them the rights to hell, they, the fairy, don't want anybody to get it because they owe hell a tithe called a tind. In Scotland, a tind was a tithe derived from the produce of the land for the maintenance of the clergy. It's basically a tax. Mm. And it's actually uh, a Scottish word uh, for tithe, which means a tenth part, a tind. 
one tenth. So you send one tenth of your produce, like your food and stuff, to the to clergy. The church. Yeah. It also was an old lowland term for a tribute due to be paid by the fairies to the devil every seven years. And it had to be a tribute of the, the fairies' people. There's the ancient ballad called Tamlin, mm-hmm. which is about the character named Tamlin, who, long story short, were claimed to be a human who had been taken by the fairy queen and was afraid that on Halloween he would be sent off to be one of these tithes to hell and asks this woman, please, when I ride by on my white horse, pull me down and save me. Don't worry, the queen's going to make me look like all sorts of horrible things, but I swear I will never, never hurt you. And when she finally turns me into burning coal, throw me in the well. And so uh, she did. She pulls him off and he turns into all sorts of horrible things. And he turns into burning coal. She throws him in the well. And the queen goes, all right, you win. I won't send that guy. And that's the end of the story. Uh, So here Neil has that as a fact. I mean, there is a fairy in this DC world. And he's decided that they owe hell the tind. They have to keep every seven years sending off their own people. That means that there are thousands and thousands of fairies that were in hell when lucifer closed it up yeah so where did they go oh yeah there's all sorts of stories about that that haven't been told for sure and so if the fairies don't want anyone else to have hell they don't want to have it themselves Mm -hmm. but if they think that if no one else owns hell then they won't have to send their fairies there right yeah. Oh, so no matter who ends up owning hell, they're going to have to send them fairies. Right. They they don't owe it to Lucifer, I guess. They owe it to hell, technically, is what is being said here or implied here or inferred here. Mm. Anyway, so if nobody gets it, they won't have to send anybody. So they were saying, please don't give it to anybody. Okay. It's not just a favor we'd be asking. There's much the fairy can offer you. For example, Nuala here, my sister, she's for you, a gift to show you our good faith. Mm. And Nuala seems okay with that. I think it's kind of interesting that in the way they've drawn her in this one panel, mm-hmm. like you can see more of her boobs than you can of her face. Yeah, that seems like a definite choice, right? Mm-hmm. She's kind of all tarted up for the occasion. Yes. We understand, my Lord Shaper, that you prefer the feminine form. <laughs> he, I mean, he does, right? It's It always seems to be women, that mm. he, at least in this storyline, right? It's been women that he falls for. And Dream says, There are many visitors here, Kalurikan. They want many things. Tomorrow I will talk with you all and make my decision. Not now. Enjoy the banquet. But my lord... You have delivered your message, and you heard my response. Your obligation is fulfilled. The matter is ended, Kalurikan. Your impertinence invites my severest displeasure. I, I beg pardon, Lord Shaper. I did not mean to presume. Enough, Clericon. I will talk to you more later. <laughs> I love the big scary. Yeah, he looks like an owl. Yeah. <laughs> or like when a cat puffs up her hair. <laughs> Clericon has been rebuffed. And we see another sleeper being a servitor, Mm -hmm. it seems. Somebody in their underwear, apparently having a dream about serving gods and fairies and angels all the food that they wanted. Mm -hmm. Man, I had the weirdest dream last night. (laughs) And uh, we see here, Clericon doesn't want food. He wants wine. Yeah. Not a bottle. 
not in a glass. He wants two bottles. <laughs> and yes. his sister just wants to eat flowers. Yeah. Violence, rose petals, and gilly flowers. Gilly flowers is a group of flowers that includes carnations, things mm. like that. Yeah. Not particularly flavorful, I would guess. Uh, Unless you're a fairy. Yeah. Fairies, I think, eat... I don't even know. I don't, I'm not even going to presume that fairies obey the laws of physics. So mm. who knows what they eat. Hmm. <laughs> Humans, we've gotten smart enough. We don't eat the flowers. We wait until they make fruit. <laughs> yes, exactly. So now that they've joined everybody else at the table, we get to see everybody else at the table. And what they're all eating. Yeah, as seen through the eyes of Loki. Mm-hmm. And what do you see when you watch Giant Sun? So we've also got Susano Onomakoto, a storm god, so like Thor. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he is here as a lone member of the ancient Japanese pantheon. Mm-hmm. And we've got Anubis, mm-hmm. who, yeah, is decked out in his finery. And eating hearts. And eating hearts. We had chicken hearts one time. A Brazilian meat place. A place where meat comes on sticks. A rodizio, yeah. Yes. Meat stick place. Yeah. And they had little chicken hearts, and they were delicious. <laughs> and weird. But yeah. 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 I think he's eating a raw one. Mm-hmm. Or yeah, the- ours were less bloody. Or the dreams of hu- human hearts, perhaps. I like that. that. Also, that heart looks way too big to be a human heart. Like, it's massive. Right. So maybe that's why it's the dream of a human heart. Or like a, a cow's heart or something. They're, I think the, the point here is that they're all getting exactly what they would dream of for their perfect meal. I bet that's what Andre the Giant's heart looked like. <laughs> oh, my God. Probably. Oh, that poor man. Yeah, poor man. <laughs> And Nuala is uh, eating flowers. He wonders what she's thinking about. He also wonders what she would be like between the sheets. It's been 1,200 years since he did that, as well as eat and drink. Mm-hmm. He spots some flirting going on between yeah. two of our demons. <laughs> Demon flirting. Stab. <laughs> <laughs> the mother of spiders stabs Karanzan in the hand mm-hmm. with a fork, and he he licks it up and seems to enjoy it. <laughs> yeah. She now, calls him darling. Karanzan is the demon who uh, fought Dream. Who st- who had Dream's helm for a while. Yeah. Yes, and they had the they had the slam poetry battle. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the oldest game, I believe they called it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then we have Kilderkin, the Lord of Order, who is here manifested as a cardboard box, and he has this uh, floating slave. He appears to float. Mm-hmm. I think he's a jinn, actually. Mm-hmm. He might be one of those. So he has a slave jinn carrying him around, and he's a box, and he just gets food dumped into him. Because everybody gets what they want, right? So I guess a lord of order says, yes, you must dump the refuse in me. That is the law of things. This is what I want. I am a cardboard box. If I am at a table, you must put the old food scraps in here. Mm-hmm. And uh, Princess Jemmy of the Shivering Brigade who is the representative of the Lords of Chaos, continues to eat ice cream. She has a huge dish of ice cream. It seems to be a giant sundae with lots of cherries and things, yeah. I watch our servants, sleeping humans, shanghaied into a most peculiar dream in which they serve a gaggle of beings from the depths of their collective unconscious, a meal fit for the gods. And above all, I watch the angels. They do not eat or flirt or converse. They observe. I watch them in awe, Allfather. They are so beautiful and distant. The feats of angels never touch the base earth, not even in dreams. I can read nothing from their faces, much as I try. And what they are thinking, I cannot even imagine. 
So they always float. They never touch the ground, mm-hmm. not even in the dream world. Yeah. They're like, dream world ground, that's dirty. Get dirt on my feet. I'm not going right. to do that. Yeah. Here we have our title page, Season of Mist, Chapter 5. Neil Gaiman, writer. Kelly Jones, penciler. George Pratt, inker. Daniel Vazo, colorist. Todd Klein, letterer. Alisa Quitney, associate editor. And Karen Berger, the editor. And you'll note underneath the floating angels, we have a bunch of people who haven't been mentioned mm-hmm. that are obviously from other kind of pantheons. It looks like there's kind of a Merlin type character from, I don't know, some maybe, maybe I'm from the Court of Camelot. We would like hell. I uh, think it's Dumbledore. It could be D- Dumbledore, right? Ten, ten years too early, ten, but well, not quite. He, maybe he was using a time twister. Seven years too early. He used a time twister and went back in time. Yeah. Well, I mean, Dumbledore was alive in the early 90s. He was like, listen, we've been sending all these people to be haunted by Dementors. We need hell to put them into instead. <gasps> oh, no. <laughs> Some person who appears to have a skull on top of their head. I That feels Mayan or Incan. Right, and we maybe. see some maybe some other. Yeah, I I don't think any of them are supposed to be specific, or or if they are, just hints of them. Yeah, the I think the inference here, I think, is just that there are many other people who want this, not mm. just the ones that we've seen the story from. We're, we're getting a selection. The person at the bottom right, next to the the Sandman featuring characters. Uh, blurb, mm-hmm. uh, I think is an early Homer Simpson because they have a donut necklace. <laughs> but also a big, uh, is it a cup of wine? A goblet of wine, it looks sure. like. A goblet of duff. <laughs> yes, give me your finest goblet of duff beer. Exactly. Over the next page, the Sandman talks to a few of them. Mm-hmm. Talks to Odin anyway. Asks him how everything, he, how everything is, and Odin says, uh, I want to talk. And Dream says, yeah, okay, uh, after this, uh, I'll send a flame to come talk to me. It's the first of a proposition to talk before yeah. the official talk yeah. the next day. And in the background, the two dreamers, they kind of know each other. Who are you? I know I've seen you before. What's your name? Please, I have to serve this food. What a what a kooky dream that they're going to have, right? They both have the same dream. Mm-hmm. And they probably are in the same city, but don't actually know who each other is, but maybe have seen each other. Mm-hmm. And at some point in their lives afterwards, they're going to meet and talk about this dream they both had. Yeah. It's awesome. Meanwhile, also in the background, there's some dude with an amazing helmet and like a <laughs> hand on top of it. Yeah, I am not sure who that is. I hope they give him hell. And we hear a little bit more of Thor still flirting with Bast, as one of the angels seems to look on disapprovingly. Mm. Thor does not seem to be able to take a no. So much so that Bast ends up scratching him in the face, in which case he then gets very angry about whether or not he would take a no. Yeah, yeah. Women, I'm a god, but they don't care. You're just like Sif, just like all of them. Sif is his wife, by the way. Bast is also a god. Yeah, I know. I know. I think it's pretty obvious here Thor is in the wrong. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then we get to see the performance of Amazing Kane and Gregory with Abel. A magic show. Yes. It's going to cut him in half. <laughs> yes, except it's not really a trick. Mm-hmm. And while this goes on, Susano Ono Makoto steps forward to discuss things with Dream and say, I would like to talk to you, as does Azazel, as does Princess Jemmy, and 
the djinn for Kilderkin? Kilderkin's slave. It says here is uh, what he says and hands him a piece of paper. We must talk. We must talk. Now, we get a glimpse of Gregory in the mm-hmm. top panel here. Yes. Because Gregory is Kane's assistant. Yes. Um, Abel doesn't even get to be called an assistant in this. <laughs> I know. Look at the sign. Amazing Kane and Gregory with Abel. Yeah. I love it. Well, and he's also being called a fat ninny. Oh, yeah. Kane is terrible to him all the time. Mm-hmm. All the time. But even though Gregory's the assistant, we only see his foot. And I think it's because Gregory has stage fright. Mm-hmm. So he doesn't want to come out and help him be the assistant. So he's hiding behind the curtain. And the next page over, we find out it's not a magic trick. He's literally cutting Abel in half. Surprise, surprise. Ta-da now, my little trolley ogler. Can you wiggle your right foot for the nice people? <sighs> That's their thing, of course, that he keeps killing Abel and Abel keeps coming back. And Abel's asking him if he can, is he sure he can put him back together again? <laughs> if he can't, he'll die and he'll come back. It's mm-hmm. fine. Uh, meanwhile, the two demons sneak off from the party. Mm-hmm. While Dream meets with Bast. And she has some words to say about Thor. Mm-hmm. Apparently, he uh, gets so drunk, he ends up under the table. He sings a song that begins with, my hammer has a huge hard handle. <laughs> and he also had thrown up under the table and was attempting to clean the carpet with his beard. Yes. Clean up the vomit off the carpet with mm-hmm. his beard. Mm-hmm. That's, I, that shows he cares. How much he cares. Oh, I'm so sorry about this vomit I put here. Let me clean it up. Bast also wants to meet with Dream. Yeah, it's pretty obvious everybody wants to have a little private conversation. Yeah, we're getting that impression that Mm -hmm. everyone's going to do that. Mm -hmm. She apparently has something he desires. Mm -hmm. And speaking of desire, we can cut to the bedroom with the two demons making out. Well, as we see uh, Abel with his head cut off. Yep. Look, it's Mr. Shouty. He's a pooey man. (laughs) And Uh, the angels are just watching. Shut up, you cretin. You said you wanted to be in show business, didn't you? And now for my next trick, Gregory, the mincing machine, please. Mm. You would think that the demons would... uh, Maybe they wouldn't stick around. They're like, yeah, this. We get this for free all the time. Yeah, this is amateur mincing. Yeah, you're right. This is totally amateur for them. So they I, mince I at a professional level. That's right. <laughs> and we find out that Merkin is actually double crossing Karanzon. Yeah, mother of spiders. Mm-hmm. I think it's pretty obvious where the spiders are coming from by <laughs> the third panel. Yep. Yep. Mm-hmm. And they cover him in web, and he gets all wrapped up. Hmm. And then smash cut to Kane with a bunch of sausages. Mm. He made from, let's just say it, Abel. Delicious. That's pretty good magic, actually. To like literally make sausages out of a person and have them come back. Love it. Of course, Abel doesn't come back in this issue. I think he has to come back the next day. Isn't that how it works? Yeah, I think so too. Uh. Did Mr. Shouty really be sausages? <laughs> Thank you, everyone, for myself, my assistant, and the stooge. I'm the amazing Kane. If you enjoyed the show, tell your friends. If you didn't, 
I trust you'll get throat cancer and die without ever again uttering another word. Good night. I should say that at the end of my gigs. <laughs> yeah. Dream lets them all know they have to get out of there because the Great Hall isn't going to exist in a few moments. Yeah, I suggest you leave this room at this time. It will cease to exist shortly. <laughs> <laughs> the dreaming! Got to delete this room. And our two dreamers... I know, my God. Please don't go. I still don't even know your name. I can't help it. I'm sorry. It's the doorbell, I think. And she wakes up. <laughs> oh, I hope they meet. I wonder if they'll be back tomorrow for breakfast. Yes, wouldn't that be great? <laughs> or they both wake up in the same bed and they're both angry they didn't recognize each other in a dream. Mm. No, it's not going to happen. I'm going to think of the happier one. They're going to meet each other. They're going to walk past each other on the street and just go, Do you want to get coffee? Yeah, okay. Aww. <laughs> it's my headcanon. I mean, she was kind of, though turning him down all night she wasn't telling him what was going on she was making excuses so maybe she wasn't interested oh maybe he's the one saying i need to know <laughs> your name I need oh god you're do i know you and she's like oh, oh, i no. gotta i gotta serve people oh that's the creepier explanation that instead he sees her and starts stalking her because he <laughs> saw her in a dream because morpheus needed a couple of servants and so he's like, sure, you can dream about being servants. Fine, that works. What what could possibly go wrong? And now this guy is obsessed with some girl he doesn't even know. Also, I have I seen you before is totally like a play, right? We must know each other, right? Well, except that he seems so confused, like, mm. about what's going on. So the questions are part of the confusion. Hmm. She's confused, too. I, I get that they're both kind of confused, except for when they answer, like, can you give me this? Certainly, Princess Jemmy. Yeah, they know that they have ice cream. They know their jobs, but everything else they don't know. That's dreams, right? You don't know what's going on. Mm. At the top of the next page, we have this interesting like panel of, of each of the different characters. Mm -hmm. um, and I don't know if maybe they're all supposed to be looking at each other or they're all kind of looking into their own worlds. No, I think they're just portraits. I yeah. think it's just a, a little representation of all of the parties involved. Minus Remember? the Norse who are beneath mm -hmm. and the the angels who are above. I'm sorry. I was going to be like, remember who everybody is while you're reading the comic. Yeah, well, there are a lot of characters to keep track of here, right? A lot of groups of characters. Yeah. And I think a, a little reminder of how many you get. And I think even the way that Neil has had every one of them say, look, I need to talk to you without making it look like, and then every single one of them said, I need to talk to you. Because mm. each one of those I need to talk to you's was kind of done in this cool little fashion with a story along beside it. Right. Yeah, and kind of covert. Yeah, yeah, and just and was kind of done the way that those people work. We had the Odin one right up front, and the full text, and then several of the rest being yeah, okay, 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 okay. Hmm. But each one revealed more of each character. It was great. It could feel. I feel that in the hands of a, a less skilled writer, it could have felt very by the numbers. Yeah. Yeah. One thing I'll point out is that in this portrait of bast she doesn't have her headdress on is that bast i guess it is yeah she doesn't have the headdress on neither does uh, anubis doesn't seem to have much else maybe it's because they're heading to bed so they're, yeah maybe. they're taking their clothes off oh maybe it's each of them in their own rooms yeah because then so. he sends the flame to them in their rooms to get them to come visit right him. yeah so they're not wearing their finery anymore mm. i suppose we solved it 
Yeah, there we go. Because, yeah, Anubis is not wearing his headdress either. Mm-hmm. So we get some uh, some insight from Loki as a deceiver that I really like. It's kind of a good revelation, both into some truth about Morpheus and also about how insightful Loki is. Mm-hmm. I've told you already, we cannot hope to trick him. Not here. The best we can do is negotiate. And we, we have something he must want. He'll negotiate. Loki's like, yeah, the thing that I'm good at, it's not going to work here. Because he's too insightful and powerful. You can't fool the dream lord in the dreaming. Don't do it. I like how this scene pulls out and you see that Loki was sitting on top of Thor. Yes. Who is kind of, he's very drunk. Mm-hmm. And, and just kind of talking about how it's a show off for Dream to do a little flame spell. Mm-hmm. I can do lightning. That's bloody hard. <laughs> why did they take thor with them like why do you take thor anywhere to keep an eye on loki oh yeah what is he doing right now not keeping an eye on loki no and off goes odin Mm-hmm. and morpheus himself is just chilling wearing his black t-shirt and jeans sitting on top of his weird looking modern art surrounded by candles yeah i mean still letting them know who the boss of this realm is right mm. he's like i'm chilling but i'm still the lord of the dream world i think that's what's going on with that Hmm. and he's very polite and there's uh some nice back and forth here morpheus points out we have no time for nice words odin one eye odin offers him a tiny little alternate world a little alternate world ragnarok it's mm-hmm. repeated over and over again that has several human heroes in it, including the Wesley Dodd Sandman. Oh. And this is actually true, kind of. Well, the, the idea that Odin has it is, I think, new. You've heard of Crisis on Infinite Earths. Do you know what that is? Kind of. I think we've talked about it before. Basically, comics storylines go on for so long and each issue has to add something new that the whole world becomes overly complicated and stops making much sense and characters who were teenagers in the 70s stay teenagers for like 10 or 15 years like it's kind of ridiculous and then they finally want to tell some different stories or change things up or just update the storylines to fit you know modern science and storytelling sensibilities so they had this thing called Crisis on Infinite Earths, where there's this just this huge universe-shattering event where certain heroes were just lost forever. Some storylines were completely rewritten with their backstory. Other heroes, uh, most of them started off with like brand new backgrounds that were similar, but rewritten. You know, you got a new author to come in and tell their version of the backstory. And when this happened, there was a group of heroes called the Justice Society of America, we're kind of like the Justice League of America, but a little more kind of old-fashioned-y. And uh, Wesley Dodds had joined up with the surviving post-Crisis on Infinite Earths members, which they didn't want to just kill off in Crisis, but in order to kind of write them out of ever being in modern storytelling, they had to save the world by fighting this Ragnarok over and over again. Ah, it was this really interesting little like high fantasy story where these heroes went, well, the only way that we can save the world from Ragnarok taking over the world is by going into this Ragnarok and fighting it and winning. But as soon as we win, it backs up and we have to fight it again. 
And so every we have to keep fighting it and winning it for all eternity to keep the universe safe. And so at least that's what they think. We're not sure if that story is true or not. But that's what Odin claims to have. And so that has, he, he thinks that that is something he will want because one of the heroes in there is the Wesley Dodds who became the Sandman with the uh, the the gas pistol that put people to sleep. Mm-hmm. We saw him in the in the the very first issue that he yeah. went around putting criminals to sleep, and that kind of made his dreams uh, get a little better. Yeah, so it's he kind of has a fraction of dreams soul. Okay, is what they say. So he willingly decided to go to Ragnarok and and fight in a in a Groundhog Day bubble forever. Yeah, to save the universe. Hmm. They all did. They're great heroes. Do you do you have any idea who the other hero is in that? Uh, there's image? Hawkman is there, and we're pretty sure that the giant that the giant they're fighting is Surtur, the fire giant. Although mm. he doesn't look all that fiery there. Well, that's just his face. I'm sure the rest of him is plenty fiery. <laughs> sure, maybe the fire is in his heart. <laughs> Presumably, mm. or in his belly. That is actually Wesley Dodds in the green there up front, and that's Hawkman in the back with the wings. Hmm. Well, Odin makes it very clear that he wants that realm and that he'll be giving Dream uh, the little fraction of his soul that is in the Ragnarok bubble if he does that. Yeah. And Dream merely says, I see. And Odin says, oh, you're a cool one. Sometimes I think you could almost be one of the Asir, which is his people. And Dream replies with, I am myself, Odin One-Eye, and I keep my own counsel, which is very much a callback to I am a cat and I keep my own counsel from A Dream of a Thousand Cats. Mm. Yeah, I like that. And he says, I will tell you my decision tomorrow. Yep. I think we can figure out because he knows he's got a lot of other people to talk to. Oh, yeah. It's a difficult decision to make and he can't. Just say yes right away. And so he drinks and he acts cool. Yep. And apparently Odin is not to stray from the path on the way back to his room or else he could get lost. Mm-hmm. Cannot guarantee your safety elsewhere in the palace and it would grieve me to see you harmed. Yeah, I I think that this, if you don't do right, dangerous aspect is... It's not exactly that Dream is not powerful enough to do that. It's I think it's an aspect of his kind of personality because Dream is also a nightmare god, really, or a nightmare entity, mm-hmm. right? He's responsible for good and bad. Mm. So he's like, listen, don't go where you're not supposed to. It's, yeah. not, it's not good here. And I can't help it because I can't help myself, I guess. Hmm. But really, the me that's here is going, I don't want you to be hurt. So stay on the path. That's my feeling from just that one little bit there, yeah. Mm. And then we get to meet Shivering Jemmy. And what exactly are you offering me then? You misunderstand me, Dream King. I'm not offering you anything. What I'm doing... What I'm doing is threatening you. Give us the hell of Lucifer, Morpheus, or the entire host of chaos will be at your throat until the end of time. From the Shivering Brigade to the Laughing Dancers, all of us. Stop that this instant. Is this meant to impress me, Jemmy? Is this meant to scare me? That's right. You're meant to be Mr. Scared. You can have my balloon if you like. See you tomorrow, Mr. Dreamy. So that's the Lord of Chaos. (laughs) 
I love the image of Dream just standing there holding the balloon. Yeah. <laughs> if you don't give it to us, we'll hate you forever. Hmm. Which is a total little child thing. Yeah. If you don't give it to me, I'll hate you forever. Yep. I'll throw the biggest tantrum ever. And then the Lord of Order, Kilderkin, makes their offer. My dear Dream, for many years now, myself and some of my fellow Lords of Order have been collecting the dream essences of the newly dead for purposes of our own. We are prepared to return these to you in exchange for the Hell of Lucifer, which will become a new realm of perfect order under our dominion. Kilderkin. And this is supposed to impress me? I'm sorry, but I fail to understand why I should be interested in the dream stuff of dead mortals. I am no collector, forever treasuring and tabulating that which has no further use. His floating slave is surprised. Yeah. But yeah, he's like, I don't want it. And Kilderkin says, very well, Morpheus. If bribery will not work, reason might. Tomorrow I shall plead the rightness of our claim. Perhaps that will convince you. Perhaps. <laughs> so the dream essences of the newly dead that they were collecting mm-hmm. was part of this storyline involving this uh, kind of villain, I guess, called the Gray Man. Who oh. served them, yeah. Cool. I don't know a lot about it. I just like that they spend all this time, oh, we've been collecting this thing, and oh, we'll have to give him this thing we're collecting. And Dream's just like, whatever. If I wanted that stuff, I'd be collecting it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> He's not a collector of dreams. He is Dream. Yeah. And yeah. if I wanted it, I would just have it. Yeah. Both the Lords of Order and the Lords of Chaos have pretty crappy offerings. Yeah, I don't, I don't think that they're the ringers in this one. No. And then we get to hear from Susano Onomakoto. Mm-hmm. And the art in this whole section is totally different. Well, they're different in all the sections that Dream is adapting to the way that his guests want him to look. Yeah. And then we move to Bast. Bast says that because she sees through the eyes of cats... She knows where Dream's brother is, mm-hmm. the prodigal. And unlike the other things he's been offered, when asked, wouldn't that be worth the price of hell of Lucifer to you and your family, Dream? He says, perhaps. Mm-hmm. He's very tempted. So we know that the prodigal is somewhere with cats. <laughs> yes. Or somewhere cats have seen him, yeah. And he thanks her and reminds her not to leave the path. Mm-hmm. And then Matthew shows up. And Matthew has a proposition because he wants hell. <laughs> hey, boss. I'll take hell if you also give me that balloon. <laughs> and he flies away. No, he says he was talking to Hugin and Munin, which are Odin's ravens, thought, and memory. Mm-hmm. And he was uh, telling him his life story, which uh, now that I kind of think about it means he was telling Odin his life story. Yeah. So Odin knows a bit about Matthew now. There was a thunderstorm in one of the suites downstairs, and Dream just kind of thinks about it and puts it out. (laughs) Maybe Thor fell asleep and had a dream, and then it caused a lightning storm. And so Dream had to go into his dream. I think he was just angry. Oh, he threw a little tantrum? Yeah. Next up is Azazel, the representative of the whole of Daemonkind. Poor, dispossessed creatures whose homeland has been ripped from them. I seek natural justice, Morpheus. Give us back our world. Hmm. Speech making, it leaves me unmoved. (laughs) 
Ah, and uh, and so they they want hell back because it's natural justice mm-hmm. to have it. But Dream's like, meh, you know, I don't care about that. So what have you actually got for me? Yeah, Dream looks all um, he looks kind of like a mushroom, <laughs> an oyster mushroom. You he, know, he looks darker and more ominous here. He looks like again, I think, adapting to what his audience expects to see. And here he's very much more nightmare and frightening. His cloak is all floaty and ethereal. Yeah, he does that a lot. But mm-hmm. generally when he's disturbed mm-hmm. or angry, yeah. We didn't talk about it. He also looks kind of different. He has cat eyes when he talked to Bast. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and the art style was slightly different. So he's definitely adapting for his audience. And so our shouty rip in space mouth and eye man demon Azazel offers him not only the uh pink the pink demon Karanzen Karanzen chur- chorizo sausage demon uh <laughs> but he also offers him his long lost love yeah his former lover condemned to hell 10,000 years past mhm he also kind of like he loves to beat around the bush here. He uses several paragraphs to say one thing. Mm-hmm. You know, oh, nothing. Just a human female condemned to hell 10,000 years past by a resentful lover. Mm-hmm. He's a <laughs> demon. He can't help but stick the knife in and twist it, right? Yep. Yeah. If we cannot come to an agreement, though, unlikely as that prospect must be, I will take great pleasure in consuming her soul. I will gobble her up and gulp her down and make her a part of me forever. What tiny spark of her consciousness still remains after that will be mine. Do you understand me? So instead of eternal hell in hell, Mm -hmm. 10,000 years trapped in a cave of suffering with rosy thorns and things mm-hmm. she'll become a part of this gross shouty mouth monster yeah yeah disgusting yeah so i trust we have a deal dream lord tomorrow you will make your announcement and i will quit this place carrying with me the key to hell and leaving you and Karanzan and nada thank you azazel i will take the matter under consideration you may leave now What do you mean, take the matter under consideration? You want the girl, don't you? You went to hell for her. Surely you'll trade her for a key that cost you nothing, that you don't even want. (laughs) And uh, Dream doesn't want to hear it. I've heard what you said, now get out of my hair. Yep. I'm going to decide tomorrow. And now that he's heard everyone's offer, he's, uh, he's sitting there in his throne which looks very different now than the throne he was in when he spoke to Odin, Allfather. Mm-hmm. And he's he's going over every single one of their offers one at a time. And like they're even in quotations. So I guess he's saying them aloud or thinking them, each individual offer. Oh, yeah. It's in his talk, it right? Is. It's in his, his writing. Anyway, he's having a little montage. Yes, a montage of their offers or threats, yes. And he pulls the key out of his cloak and he throws it on the floor mm-hmm. and then he goes and picks it up. This is where he says, I wish I could throw it away, but I can't. Yeah. He has to make a decision. He can't make no decision hmm. because no decision is now the decision that helps the fairy. 
Mm-hmm. Don't give it to anybody. So that's actually making a decision. The fairy contingent that has arrived has taken that away from him. <laughs> yep. So what's going to happen next issue? This is a good time for a good prediction from you. Oh, okay. Is he going to make his call? Is he is he going to just do the take Nada and Karanzon and piss off Hell and everybody else? No, I think he's going to use the individual offers against each other to find a way to get what he wants. Hmm. Like, what's the storm god's name again? Susano Onomakoto. So Susano Onomakoto, he says, I can get you anything you want. So he's going to get him to get him nada. And then he's going to get, like, he's going to he's gonna work them all against each other in, like, loops. And, you know, like they're okay. he's going to play them each against each other to alter what the thing they're offering is or to make it work until he gets what he wants. Oh, so you think each of these offers is the is the piece of a puzzle? Yes. And if he puts them together in the right way, yes. that he will win the game? Yes, that's what I think. And who will end up with the key to hell? Behind door number three. Um, I think that... I think that Lucifer is going to come back and want it. Okay. Well, we're going to have to find out if that happens next episode. You've been dreaming of the Sandman, issue 26, season of mists, chapter five. For show notes, visit thedreaming.motivedust.com. Support future episodes at patreon.com slash thedreaming. Like us on Facebook, rate and review us on your favorite podcast app, and please share with your friends. Our theme music is Oneri by Kai Angle. Hear more at kaiangle.bandcamp.com. The Dreaming was recorded in Burnaby, British Columbia, Canada, on the unceded territory of the Musqueam, Squamish, Kikate, and Tsleil-Waututh nations. I'm Joe Fulgham. Thanks for listening. Time to wake up. Tomorrow I will talk with you all and make my decision. Not now. Enjoy <laughs> the banquet. You're going to have to do that again.